Welcome to the Hometime Show podcast. Uh, you're probably thinking to yourself right at the start of this, is this show worth listening to? Which is which is a fair question, because sometimes it's not. We'll, we'll both Richard and I are completely honest about that. All we can let you know, the, the best testament that, and, and recommendation that we can say to you about the show you're about to hear is that we're recording this bit now at the end of the show and we've both completely gone. Yeah, which I'd say is actually a reflection on on a good broadcast. But we're I, I, I'm gone. I'm, I'm completely absolutely finished. Absolutely gone. We've left everything out there, haven't we? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we have. Yeah. So it's a bit of a. Uh, is it being big headed to say that we, we feel like we've 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 gone that extra mile tonight on the show? I don't think it's big headed. I think it's it's self aware as to how both of us how much we've spent for the listeners tonight. Did it pay off or not? Did the energy pay off? That's the big question. You can judge for yourself. It's the show. I hope you're having a good Thursday so far. I went somewhere that I hadn't been in ages this morning, and I'm talking about the Laundrette. When was the last time you went to the Laundrette? I haven't been in that in years. Um, in what I call my wilderness years would be the last time that I went to the Laundrette. Oh, I? What, to sleep or just to wash stuff? <laughs> to have a little wash? A, a time in my life when I was in a bed sit and needed service washes. <laughs> fantastic. What a fantastic mental image that is for leave a lot of people that. listening right. Let's leave it there. Uh, but look, I had no childcare today, so uh, I took Thea and Stella to the laundrette, uh, and it was brilliant. The laundrette's got a great name in Leon C. It's called Laundorama. Oh, what a great name. Which reminds me of Kinderama. Yeah. Is it, what was it? No, Dramarama. The, do you remember the kids' TV show, mm. Dramarama? Absolutely fantastic. Anyway, they loved it there. I, was, I didn't know how it was going to pan out, but they absolutely loved it, the pair of them. Thea was helping load in the washing machines and putting the stuff in the tumble dryer. Probably slightly illegal, but she was in there fixing the barrels. Not really. But she loved it. There was loads of nanas in there as well. Yeah. So they were all kind of chatting to them and stuff, which was brilliant. Uh, but the main thing was it was warm, lovely smell, that whole kind of clean, cleaning smell. It's a great smell. And um, uh, Stella, obviously five weeks old, slept like you wouldn't believe because I uh, left the kind of handle of the uh, the pram up against someone else's uh, tumble dryer and it kind of rocked her to sleep. What an ingenious piece of parenting. It's, thank you very much. A cheap bit of childcare and entertainment with a half term just around the corner as well. Because you also got, it's a bit of a sort of like a, a, a white noise, uh, great place to go and it, that, that always helps the little one sleep. I felt zen from it. <laughs> I, I felt karma coming out of there as well. So, I, feel, I don't know about you, I feel like laundrettes slightly lost in modern society. Normally only ever see them on uh, EastEnders with Mr Opadopoulos. Yes. And service washes, that kind of thing. Uh, we're going to call this hour of the Home Time Show the Laundrette Appreciation Hour. And before you look down your nose at it, you must have some kind of view on a laundrette. Someone's tweeted me earlier on saying they've never set foot in a laundrette before. They've missed out. They if have that's missed the out. Case. Imagine that. Imagine missing out on that. So if you've got any views on laundrettes, any stories at all about laundrettes, this hour of the show is the way to share them, don't you, you reckon? I used to love going and paying 10 quid to get uh, wash, dry, and fold <laughs> in those wilderness years. It was, the, it was the highlight of my life. Wash, dry and fold sound like a band you might see at Butler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'd be very good. A uh, couple of other observations. They had a yeah. sock share in there. So there was like this rack on the wall where the lady who runs the place, if someone leaves a sock line around, yeah. you normally think that'd be the end of the line for you if you were one of a pair of socks. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, but she pins them up there and you can have them if you want. Maybe they kind of slightly match with the ones that you've got and you're down a pair. Do you know what I mean? I would, I would have hoped... I, I like the idea that they're pinning up the odd pairs, but I would have hoped, for me, that means that I could go back in realising I've come home with only one. I'd go back to the laundrette thinking, I really hope my odd sock's there. I wouldn't want someone else taking it home thinking, I'm just going to have an odd pair of socks. I think it's like a bit of jeopardy, like you need to get your acting gear and get it sorted, otherwise someone will have them away. It's a little bit like when people leave library books out on, you know in a box yeah. on the end of the garden. Good so point. Read these. Uh, uh, Mark asks a question. He says, do they use Calgon in laundrettes? It's one of the most famous advertising slogans in the history of the world. 
washing machines live longer with Calgon. You would hope. You'd hope so. That the laundrette is using its Calgon. Well, it was a bit of a revelation there because I was panicking about change. One mm. of the things that's put me off laundrettes is that you need, like, uh, a Pete Beal from EastEnders pouch of change yeah. to be able to use them. What happened was the lady in there put all the money in the machines for me. I thought, she's treating me. Wow. But she wasn't. What you do is you then settle up at the end on cart. Oh, wow. Is that, and, and they give you all the little detergents, the pots of stuff, which I'd forgotten everything. I'd, I'd gone in there and not brought any of it with me, and she had it all there. So even laundrettes have gone contactless. It really is. Incredible it, scenes. It, it's like one foot in the old world with coins, she's still putting coins in, one foot in the new world with chip and pin. Although it's not all plain sailing. Nigel says, I have only ever been to a laundrette once, and it was such a horrific experience that halfway through the first wash, I popped over to Comet, that dates it, and bought a washing machine and had it delivered the next day. <laughs> Uh, he says, I wouldn't recommend going to a Dagenham laundrette after dark. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but it proves that, you know, that this forum of laundrettes can be both good and bad. Do you know what I mean? Who'd have thought you could get barred from one? Well, Paul what? has. I got banned from my local laundrette as I was blocking up the drains with my washing. The context is it was rather greasy because uh, I work in a chippy. I'm not doing those clothes <laughs> in my own machine. Do you know what? I used to work at a chippy in Goodrington Sands in, uh, in Devon. And you used to have to get the bus home from the site. And people used to move to get away from me. You absolutely reek. Uh, Willie says, uh, guys, last time I was at a laundrette was 20 years ago at Centre Parks. The missus melted 27 plastic-backed bibs of my son's. My son had a reflex problem at the time and was sick a lot. Uh, The wife had a meltdown. I had to specifically leave the site to go and buy even more bibs. (laughs) So another mixed memory of laundrettes right there. Uh, Well, John, we are told, has an incredible laundrette story. John, take it away. Uh, My dad used to work for the BBC back in the 80s and the 90s, and he uh, delivered the laundrettes machines for his tenders set. Wow. So, Mr. Opadopoulos's actual laundrette <laughs> from EastEnders, your dad delivered the machines that are probably still there to this day? They probably still are, yeah, he did. L3 Studios, yeah. It is stories like this that is just proof as to how connected this Hometime show is. It really is. It really is. That's the, this is the kind of thing that we have to... A bit of sparkle of showbiz as we have Laundrette Appreciation Hour. So Doc Cotton has worked one of the machines that your dad delivered. Probably all of them, hasn't she? <laughs> yeah, thousands of episodes. I would say your dad has delivered the machines for the most famous Laundrette in the UK. <laughs> it must make you feel proud, right? Yeah, I don't know if they've gone contactless yet, though, but I uh, haven't seen these senders for a while. But, yeah, well, just something to remember, though, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to ask Mr Opadopoulos. Yeah. <laughs> Rob has tweeted the show quite angry. He says, uh, guys, for years, one of the washing machines in EastEnders in the laundrette had Norwich RSH1T scrawled on it. <laughs> He says, it, it sickens me, and I demand to know if your last caller's dad was responsible. <laughs> uh, John, please get in touch and let us know. Was it your dad? Uh, do you remember a, a, a few shows ago, we were talking about defrosting a turkey in a car boot over Christmas? Pete Donaldson, yeah. Toby says, many years ago, some housemates of mine defrosted a frozen chicken in a laundrette dryer. Oh, my Lord. It worked, but the what? chicken was a perfect football shape after bouncing around for 20 minutes. This is outrageous. We've kind of diverted into uh, a lot of chat about the EastEnders laundrette, though, haven't we? Uh, yeah, uh, John, uh, we spoke to him earlier on the show. He said his dad delivered uh, the 
washing machines to the laundrette in the 80s for the start of EastEnders to build the set for Dot and all that kind of thing. Amazing. Then someone got in touch and said that they were annoyed because one of the machines had some nasty Norwich City graffiti on it. Um, John has just texted saying, that was defo not my dad, he has no interest in football. So we've kind of sorted that out, so which is done. good. But another bit of intel about the EastEnders laundrettes come in from David. He says it was revealed last year that for the washing machines on the EastEnders, someone is behind the scenery manually turning them by hand. Wow, John, I don't know whether you need to come back to us on that as well. <laughs> please, we're willing to wait around after the show for confirmation. Right, Sebastian is on the line. Uh, Sebastian, please share your laundrette-related story. Uh, well, we, we live um, we live in a uh, uh, sort of a static caravan. We can't have a, a tumble dryer, unfortunately. Right. Um, so we go down to the local laundrette, which uh, has a pub, nice pub opposite. And um, we do our laundry in the in the laundrette and go and have a nice drink and sometimes a meal that in the hour that it takes to do the uh, laundry or the drive. Fantastic. And so how long have you been on the run for then, Sebastian? And what was it that you actually did? <laughs> I've lo- uh, never been on the run. Do you know I'd love to live in it. Wouldn't you love to live in a static caravan? When you go on a caravan, caravan holiday, you think, this is brilliant. I'd love to yep. do this all the time. So your life is just, can you be in a caravan all the time or don't you have to get out for a bit? No, no, we can stay in there all the time as long as we've got enough food. Brilliant. He's, what a shady character this fella is. And I love the fact that you, you get the washing on and then you just leave it there, not even a second's thought. <laughs> Your routine is, put the washing on, right, let's walk across to this pub because right now. they're all in caravans, yeah. everyone knows each other. <laughs> it's fantastic. Put, put, put a t- timer on for five minutes before it's... You know you're going to get it, get Brilliant. it out. Listen, that is amazing, and, and it's just a little insight into Devon life, uh, just how it is down there. Uh, finally, have you got a name for your caravan? Every caravan's got a name. Yeah, it's called Beaner Dice. Beaner Dice? Yeah, so to cut a long story short, uh, our nickname for each other is Beaner, uh, as in favourite human being from the BFG. Ah, oh. gotcha. It all makes sense now. Shifty lack of eye contact on a Thursday, listening to Home Time with Bush and Ritchie. Oh, do you know what? With your mention of eye contact, you have no idea quite how appropriate that is with the story I have to tell you about this gentleman that has had a terrible first day at work. Oh, dear. A Russian security guard has been accused of doodling on a priceless painting that he was responsible for guarding on his first day in the job. Oh, my word. So, visitors turned up and spotted... this painting, right? It's called Three Figures. It's an avant-garde style painting. Painting chat on home time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's eyeless. They've got no eyes, these these three figures, and that's why it is so famous. It sounds a bit freaky, to be honest with you. I kind of agree with him. There's a picture on Twitter. You can have a look. It is quite a freaky little thing, but uh, if you like art, maybe that's your style. Anyway, so this security guard, first day on the job, his job guarding this priceless painting has been fired for doodling on it. He's looked at it and gone, I reckon that could do with some eyes. He's eyes on that. And he's put eyes on this this priceless painting. Been fired for it. Criminal investigation. Do you know, maybe there's maybe an explanation. Maybe, like, as they were doing the briefing for him as to what he's got to do, they've kind of... It's about the painting. Eyes on that, right? See you later on. Have a good first day. (laughs) 
And he's going, all right, fair enough. That's what it is. Could be. Crosswise. I mean, I I can understand maybe if he'd been guarding the thing for like a month and been looking at it for a month and thinking, I think the artist made a mistake on this. I'm just going to put some eyes... But on day one, on any job, day one, just play it safe. That's not the day to be biroing on eyes. He's absolutely stacked it, isn't he? Ever had a bad first day? I reckon you're the kind of person that would. Thank you very much. (laughs) It's a compliment. I've not had a bad, like, first day. I've had a bad first day under new management. So I worked at a restaurant in in, uh, Brixham in Devon called the Berry Head Hotel. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone listening has been there. Very nice and everything, but we got taken over by, like, like a... a a couple, very wealthy couple who own another big hotel down in Cornwall and and the the lady, the wife of the owner guy, had had spent ages, uh, as we were preparing to open for service, she'd made like a pavlova Mm -hmm. and uh, had put it in the, uh, had put it in the uh, like the, the, uh, you know The The uh, display cabinet. The display cabinet, yeah. It still hurts me to this day even thinking about it. Uh, and it was also to the left of it was uh, a fruit salad, a big bowl of fruit salad. <laughs> so I was just trying to rearrange stuff before we opened the doors of the very hotel to serve. And I lifted her pavlova and it slipped slightly and then went straight in to the uh, fruit salad and sunk like the Bismarck. And she was so upset with me. It was awful. She didn't speak to me for ages afterwards. And she spent uh, ages making this thing. I love that. It took about 20 minutes to fully, like, fully submerge as well. <laughs> <laughs> Broken too, like the Titanic. Oh, dear. The tweet that you, we've put out at Absolute Radio, I think it looks better with the eyes. <laughs> it's done everyone a favour. Uh, so we want your nightmare debut stories, please. We've got Bryony on the line. You've got a good one, apparently, Bryony. I do indeed. I had a beautiful brand-new white shirt with a black belt round that I was wearing for my first day. Sitting on the train, a little kid smiled at me happily kicked my coffee cup square out of my hand and threw coffee all over my shirt. Oh. I got to the next station, managed to scrub quite a lot of it out, but still definitely smelled of coffee. (laughs) Many, many months later, without realising my black belt and white shirt combo and the stench of coffee had earned me the name Coffee Kung Fu for many, (laughs) many years. What what an icebreaker, though, on your first day. Absolutely. It was like, welcome, hi, I'm Bryony, and introduced the smell of coffee to the room. It was wonderful. Hfont on Twitter says, My first day I fainted in front of an entire site. Went down like a sack of spuds. One leg got caught in a pallet and the other didn't. So, yes, it was legs akimbo with a skirt on. Luckily, I span during my faint and was facing away from everybody. Uh, Liam, first day, what went wrong? Uh, well, it was working for a landscaping company and my brother had his own business, but he said you should go and work for a rival to prove yourself. I thought, you know, Billy, big boy, turned up the first day. Uh, prepping and putting new beds down on new builds to do work. Uh, um, lawns, you know, so uh, rotivator, r- rake it out, put the lawn grass down, move on. They all buggered off for lunch, left me in charge of the, part of my language, left me in charge of the uh, rotivator, and of course uh, filled it with the wrong fuel. Cost £360 <laughs> to repair, and um, it was taken out of my wages. Happy day. Brilliant. Were you, were you known as Mr. Rotivator from that point onwards? I think I'd probably call you that. Uh, they called me a few names which you can't publish on the radio, actually. Um, bearing in mind this is up in sunny Bedfordshire and, and the language is quite colourful, or Buckinghamshire, I, I must say, but that would have been an apt title, yes. Mr Rotovator is a, a very budget fitness guru for uh, all those in agriculture. <laughs> yeah, it is. 
Someone's just tweeted this second. Gail says, I've just seen the picture. I'd have been tempted to put googly eyes <laughs> on the painting. They would have looked much better. And I guess you can take them off at the end. Uh, this is a picture that we've been talking about. A Russian security guard has been fired from his job on his first day. He's meant to be guarding this picture. It's a priceless painting. He guards it on his first day, looks at it and thinks, there's no eyes on those faces. I'm going to draw someone in biro. Yeah, great decision, mate. But he's been proactive. At least give him that. He's had initiative. Uh, so if you had a nightmare first day, tell us about it. Cal Perino on Twitter says first day as a trainee dental nurse first patient dentist showing her how to use dental floss up and down not backwards and forwards I fainted <laughs> uh, it was okay with fillings and extractions but there's something about floss she says uh, Macca says I was working for a timber company on my first day I took my forklift test and I passed I hey. was chuffed but the foreman said don't be too pleased everyone does a fellow worker asked what he said and I told them I said he's an idiot though that's dad for you they replied <laughs> I put my head down and walked off we're off to the movies with the Hometime Film Club just after six o'clock. Uh, someone needs your help. It's to do with Valentine's Day, but not as you suspect. <laughs> One final uh, bad first day from uh, Darren, who says many moons ago, first day at uni. Ooh. Here's a twist. I'd seen the timetable. We didn't need to be there. Turned up at 1pm for lectures. I'd missed a full morning of them, as had all my housemates on my say-so. Good lad. It's time for the Hometime Film Club, where we crowdsource movie suggestions for a listener in need. You know what it's like sometimes, you can't decide on a movie. Just tell us what the situation is, drop us an email, hometimeatabsoluteradio.co.uk, and we'll ask this slot for you. This slot. Here we go. Here's the email that's coming this week. Oh, we get many, but we've chosen this one. Uh, Bush, Richie, Kelly here. Mm. Am I the only person who is hating being bombarded with Valentine's Day guff every time I walk into a shop at the moment? <laughs> I don't have that special person in my life, and I'm fine, by the way. I'm fine. However, come Monday night, I'm going to need a film to watch, being that it'll be wall-to-wall -wall love stuff everywhere. So... What's a good film that I can watch that will remind me that being in a couple isn't that great? Cheers, Kelly. I think anyone who's in a couple as well would turn around to Kelly and say, yeah, right, it ain't all that great. <laughs> That's a good point. It swings around about, isn't yeah. it? But it's a, good, it's a very good point. Sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming, particularly around Valentine's, that mm. kind of thing. Uh, so this is an interesting one. Uh, 8 12, 15, the text the show. I'm going to go straight in there with... One of my favourite movies of all time, Tom Hanks in Castaway. Oh, no, that's a great show. Self-sufficient. Yeah. If you get bored, uh, Kelly, draw a face on a volleyball <laughs> and you're away. That's a very good point. He's on his own for ages, isn't he? I've gone different. I've gone uh, how, <laughs> how to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. OK. The <laughs> <laughs> Matthew McConaughey, Kate Hudson, both coming at relate. I mean, it is actually a romantic comedy, so it's probably not going to play well for the vibes Kelly is wanting. But equally, it, it does have some reminders in there that it's not all perfect. So I've never seen this film. What, what do you mean, How to Lose a Guy? What happens? Well, as ever, I like to check out your IMDb rating for you. 6.4 out of 10. That's higher than your normal one that you go for. <laughs> uh, Benjamin Barry is an advertising executive and ladies' man who, oh. to win a big campaign, bets that he can make a woman fall in love with him in 10 days. Ah. Meanwhile, the woman that he meets uh, is actually trying to uh, go completely the other way and trying to uh, make them fall out of love. So. Oh, that deserves, just from that description alone, <laughs> higher than 6.5. It's <laughs> an awful film. It's how you sell it's it. It's a terrible film. So, you've heard Kelly's email, uh, a film that is going to remind people that being in a couple isn't 
actually always the greatest thing. Claire says Romeo and Juliet, both of them better off single. That's a good point. <laughs> Very good point. A um, lot of people suggesting Misery, which is a fantastic film. We all know how that panned out. Wait a cockle-doodle minute. <laughs> Mr Man. Uh, ben, what's the movie? Uh, I'm going to go for Pixar Up. OK, so the animated kind of short film Up, what's all that about then? How's that going to help Kelly? Well, he has a wife, she dies, he lives a miserable existence. Why go through that? <laughs> what a guy, what a fun guy. It's a very, very solid... It's a solid reason. I mean, it's, it's not particularly wow. cheery, but yeah. All those people who've watched up and thought, what a lovely story about an old fella flying up in the air on balloons. Ben's sat there going, well, why would you want to go through that? You're only going to get your heart broken. Yeah, well, it's a good reason, isn't it? Yeah. I'd hate to hear your take on Frozen, mate, that's for sure. <laughs> well, my wife's going to be in the bathroom listening to this, so... Yes, Ben, it could backfire very, very quickly. Good luck, my friend. All right, cheers, guys. Thank you to everyone who's texted in films that we clearly can't talk about. What was that, what was that woman text that we then Googled? Um... Teeth. Uh, uh, teeth. There's that, a film called Teeth. It. You can go and look it up yourself. Right, we, we nearly gave her a call, and uh, I feel like it was a big sliding doors moment in our yeah. future radio careers. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, should we get someone on who hasn't got a, a bit of advice that's going to get us in trouble? Let's do that. Uh, Susanna, what do you reckon? Uh, Mr. Mrs. Smith. Okay. <laughs> I, I've never seen this film, so tell us why that's applicable to Kelly. So it's Angelina, uh, Julie, and Brad Pitt, and they're a married couple, but they're both secretly hitmen hired to kill the, the other. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then you go that extra little layer and remind <laughs> yes. everyone what happened in real life. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the movie they met on. That's the movie they met on set. The, the clue was kind of in the film, really, in many ways, because yeah. obviously they're not together anymore, are they? No. So they met on set. He, they've got together in real life, and, and now they're divorced, and Jen Anderson's still living her best life. There you go, <laughs> Susanna. I think this is open-shut case. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a good choice. Clifton, which is a posh name, posh's name of the night, uh, has uh, gone down a similar route to uh, uh, what you did with... Um, Castaway. Castaway. Uh, I nearly called it Robinson Crusoe, which is very different. It's based on the same kind of thing. Uh, the Martian, he says, with Matt Damon. Uh, just the same film, but set up on a planet. Kelly, if you're listening to this right now... Uh, Get some poos, make some tattoos. <laughs> That's the Martian spoiler alert. Uh, text this as beaches. Guys, totally best friend chick flick, who needs a man? And then Tony has emailed in to say, Hi guys, my daughter said maybe Titanic. Obviously, spoiler alert, Jack dies. <laughs> but I also add that Rose was previously in a toxic relationship before Jack, so it's a double bubble for the anti-couple request. Uh, uh, smart thought by Tony, <laughs> but do you know what? Many of you have actually suggested this, and we spoke to Susanna, who suggested it as well. Mr and Mrs Smith, Brad Pitt, Angelina Joni, married, each hard to kill the other one, and married in real life and then divorced. Just sounds like a normal night round our house. Now, you might not realise this, but uh, this is how podcasts work. We actually listen along to the podcast with you uh, whilst you're listening. Yeah. Um, like director's commentary on a DVD. Absolutely. And we've just listened back to the podcast and we, we, were, we were poor. We were poor, and I think we went from pretty much halfway through rather than just at the end. So we ret retract all the bold claims at the beginning, uh, apologise for setting your heights too high, Yep. and uh, we'll do better next time. Radio, huh? Swings and roundabouts. Science.